We'll be right back with you. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back to another live episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. We are coming off of our huge 100th episode celebration, but the shows just keep getting better. We have a very special guest with us. He got his start in the wrestling business in the late 70s. You know him as a manager, referee, and in-ring performer, and now you can see a version of him as a reoccurring character on the NBC smash hit Young Rock. I'm talking about the one and the only downtown Bruno. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Uptown, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, what's going on, brother? <laughs> Uptown, Tommy, I like that. Yeah, man, we got, we got a great guest coming on in just a moment. Uh, a legend in this industry has done so much in this industry for this industry, more importantly. Uh, he was just at my wrestling collector store in New Jersey a couple months back and excited to find out he is going to be also appearing at... 80s Wrestling Con on Saturday, May the 6th. He will be at Puppet Master Promotions table along with the Brooklyn Brawler and Jerry Briscoe, my good buddy Joe. He's going to be there with some of his guys and joining us right now and also now joining us at 80s Wrestling Con, our guest today, Downtown Bruno. Welcome to 80s Wrestling Podcast, sir. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the uh, 80s Wrestling Con and, uh, you know, me and Brooklyn Brawler uh, have both actually been featured on uh, uh, Young Rock. You know, they, they showed him uh, uh, as portrayed by uh, Colt Cabana. They showed uh, Brooklyn Brawler as he prepared uh, Young Rock for his first match and had the first match uh, of his WWE career uh, together, and uh, they featured that as well. So, yeah, the, uh, the two of us have both uh, been on Young Rock, so I'll, I'll give him that uh, – uh, credit as well, and uh, yeah, and I'm and I'm proud to have been a part of that, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with my old traveling partner uh, Brooklyn Brawler, and uh, of course my good friend uh, Jerry Briscoe. So it's and, and and of course seeing you, Tommy, you're a great guy. I love the uh, uh, wrestling collector store, and I'm hoping uh, maybe when I'm up there for that uh, wrestling con, I can come by there again. That'd be awesome, man. Hey, I, I, and, and and the feeling's very mutual. We're, we're really looking forward to having you. Over 30 stars appearing. Brett the Hitman Hart is going to be there. Dory Funk, Wendy Richter, The Powers of Pain, Demolition, Nikita Koloff, Magnum TA. All the information on that is available on 80swrestlingcon.com. Again, Saturday, May the 6th. But what I'd like to start right now, Harvey, is uh, talk about, Bruno, I'm sorry, talk about um, what's going on right now in in recent years with the, the popularity of the Young Rock. How cool is that? For you now, you 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 many people don't know, but you've still been behind the scenes for many 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 years with the WWE still. But how cool is it to be in the spotlight again, seeing your character portrayed as one on a hugely popular television show in 2023? Man, it's it's just it's surreal. It's it's wonderful. Um, and Ryan, excuse me, Ryan Pinkston the actor that plays the young version of me, is just such a super great guy. And, uh, you know, what? the first, uh, uh, or I should say the second season, but the first season that, that my character appeared on uh, Young Rock was, was season two. Um, they were filming in Australia due to COVID. 
Um, so we had Zoom meetings every week. Me, Ryan, who's you know, like I said, the actor that portrays me, and uh, Brian Gewertz, who's the executive producer, and then some of the other producers and writers and whatnot. We'd have Zoom meetings every week, <clears throat> so I could you know discuss with them about different things that happened in Memphis wrestling, and and so Ryan could get a get a grasp of my mannerisms and my accent and my and my voice and you know whatnot. So uh, we did a lot of homework and a lot of research and uh, and uh, like I said, they were way over in Australia and I was sitting there having meetings with them every week. Now this season, which they just wrapped filming, was filmed right here in Memphis, where I'm, you know, my home area, um, which I live in the Memphis metro area. I'm on the Mississippi side, but I mean I'm literally ten minutes from downtown Memphis. So uh, they did a lot of filming downtown Memphis at the FedEx Forum. They did filming at Lander Center, which is another big arena in South Haven, Mississippi, and also at the Graceland Studios across from Elvis's place in, in Whitehaven, which is a, a south part of Memphis. So uh, I was at set quite a bit this time, uh, associated with Ryan and, and all the other actors and actresses and everything. So it's been it's been fantastic, and I'm and I'm hoping and praying, and I'm pretty confident that we'll be renewed for uh, a season four. Well, Bruno, it's a thrill to have you on here, and Young Rock is just such a smash hit. Uh, it has tons of viewership. I'm interested to know, I mean, it's from watching the show, it seems like you played a very big part in helping uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson get his start in the business and kind of helped him on his journey. When it came time to pitch the Young Rock and your character is going to be a part of it, how did they reach out to you? Like, How did they say, hey, are you okay if we include a version of you in our show, did Dwayne himself call you? Did someone from production call you? Or how does that part of it come into place? Well, no, Dwayne himself called me one day and discussed it with me, and we had a nice conversation about it. And then, uh, and obviously, I was uh, 100% on board with it and everything. So uh, then after, you know, after obviously that I agreed to it, whatever, um, then the production people reached out with the, with the you know, whys and wherefores and, you know, whatnot, the details, what have you. Did you have any aspirations of maybe playing yourself in the show, or did you know, no, acting is not for me, I'm going to let, let the professional do it? Yeah, I, want, I mean, I never had those aspirations for two reasons. One, yeah, I let the professional do it. I'm not an actor. I certainly, once I've been on set enough now, I see how their process works. It's just not a world I'm familiar with or used to. And But the other thing is, they're portraying a version of me from like 1983, so uh, back when I was like 20 years old. Now I'm, you know, 58 years old almost. So it was, it wouldn't, uh, all the makeup and and whatever in the world would not change the fact that I'm almost 60 years old. You know, it, it wouldn't. I couldn't have been uh, the 20 year old, 19 year old Bruno, no matter even, even if I was a polished actor. You know. That's, that's a good point. Father time uh, translates through the screen no matter how much makeup you have on. Well, Bruno, this is a live right. call-in show, and we have a caller waiting on hold to talk to you. Uh, he's a longtime friend of the show. His name is Babyface Brian, and he's from Chico, California. Good morning, Brian. You're live with the one and only downtown Bruno. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy, and uh, good morning, Bruno. It's great to talk to you. All, All right. right. Good morning to you, my friend. What's up? 
Oh, not too much. I was just going to, uh, it's pretty crazy that you and, uh, oh, Bruce Pritchard and Dwayne Johnson and, and Tommy Fierro sit, you know, on the phone also, you guys started when you were kids, basically. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you were tearing down a ring when you were uh, probably still in high school and that's how you got into the business. Um, what were your, uh, parents' uh, thoughts uh, as far as growing up? Were they supportive of you getting into the wrestling business? Well, I, I wouldn't say supportive, but they weren't dismissive either. They they never dreamed, and I never dreamed that I'd still be making a living in this profession 44 years later. Because as of April this coming year, this year, this current year, it'll be 44 years since I first started putting up and taking down the ring. Um, but it was I was 14, and, uh, well, basically that's, uh, you know, it just became my whole life, and it still is my whole life. Uh, made you know everything I have, everything I own, whatever. Uh, all the good, all the bad, everything all came from this profession. So I'm very uh, grateful that I've been able to make my living in my chosen profession all these years. So uh, yeah, it was it, you know it was never easy, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I might have changed a few things I've done over the years, but the only way you learn in life is make mistakes and learn from them and move on. So uh, yeah. So yeah, everything's uh, everything's really good, and and uh, I appreciate the questions. Yeah, do you have a, a kinship with uh, guys like Bruce and and Tommy, where it's it's like you guys are in this club that uh, when you when you talk to each other, you're you're these people that have been doing it since you're a teenager, and there's not not everybody starts that young. I mean, a lot of wrestlers will start in their early to mid twenties, but shoot 14. I think Tommy was like 15 or 16 when he threw his first convention. So was, that's a really cool club to be a part of. Do you guys talk about that much? No, I mean, it's just, it's understood. You know, there's, there's newcomers to the business. There's rookies. There's people that uh, get into the business because they think it might be cool or whatever, or it might be fun. That's different. Those of us that this is our life, it's a whole different story. It's not, it's not, something that's fun or not something that might be cool it's it's my life you know it's been my whole life so you know yeah people like that that have been around forever and have, have you know another thing is those of us that have been through the territories you know a lot of these young people don't even remember what territories were that they existed so those of us that you know travel through the different circuits you know it's not like an indie it's not like you know going to a national thing it's you know as you i'm sure you're aware territories and Few and far between of us are left. Most of us territory guys are, you know, behind the scenes guys or retired by now because it's just been, you know, so long since the territories have uh, evaporated. So yeah, that those of us that work the territories have a certain, definitely have a certain uh, relationship. Definitely. And then um, one last question: There's uh, some guys yeah. in managing that um, that actually did, you know some real managing outside of the ring. So for guys like Giant Gonzalez that uh, didn't uh, necessarily have the, you know, master the English language and, and other guys that you've managed over the years, did you have to end up helping them outside of the ring and arranging uh, travel schedules and helping them with uh, hotels and accommodations, or was it primarily just show up and, and work in, uh, in and around the ring with these guys? No, with Gonzalez, yeah, and uh, he was a great guy. God bless his soul, rest his soul. But, yeah, no, with Gonzalez, yeah, I uh, arranged the hotels. You know, I was reserved hotels, uh, you know, way ahead of time. I was never one to show up and hope I found a place to stay, you know, so I always had that. 
and had to have certain, you know, obviously size vehicle for him to be able to fit in. You know, obviously I'm not going to show up with a, a, a Toyota Celica and, and expect a giant to get in it. So, uh, yeah, with Gonzalez, yeah, I, I took care of a lot of the, the uh, that type of thing, you know, the, the rent-a-cars and the, and the hotels and all that. And uh, But, I mean, I've always done that, uh, whether I was traveling with somebody or not. I was always ahead of the – game as far as that. you know like i said i didn't want to show up in some town and there's a convention there and there's no hotel room there's no rent a car you know i was never that guy i was always you know to this day when i'm gonna go somewhere i've got the arrangements made way ahead of time excellent well i really just want to say thank you uh one for coming on the show but especially for the the contributions you've made to uh the business i love so much i started watching when i was 12 back in, or 11 back in 1986 and uh I really appreciate all you've done for the business. And like I say, thank you for coming on the show and talking with me and everyone today. Well, all right. Well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, one day I'll get to meet you uh, when I'm out that way or you're out somewhere where I'm at, and I'll shake your hand. Definitely. At the 80s Wrestling Con, I'm, I'm gonna, I should be there. So I'm, I'm hoping to see you in New Jersey on May 6th. Thanks so much. Sounds good. It should be perfect weather by in Jersey by then, too. So hopefully uh, – It'll be like a beautiful day and a beautiful spring Jersey night. Definitely. Thank you, Bruno. Take care. Yes, sir, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Hey, real quick before we uh, move on, I, I want to make mention that I think a lot of people, they don't really, I mean, when you do, when you do the homework and, and you, you go back and look at it, you'll realize it. But I don't think if you just say in the split of a second, did you know that, you know, downtown Bruno was in the main event, he main evented headlines. A WrestleMania, WrestleMania eight, he managed to sit against Hulk Hogan. Walk me through that, Bruno. What was it like coming from, you know, a, a smaller promotion in Memphis, Tennessee, working your way up, not only to just get on the roster in WWF at the time, but now you're main eventing against Hulk Hogan, the biggest star in the history of the wrestling business. What was that like for for you? Well, it was uh, definitely. Uh... Uh, a box uh, to coin, you know, use a phrase that's kind of overused, but still, that, you know, put that, check that box off my my list. But yeah, that was a great uh, honor. Um, but I also got to keep it in perspective too. I was a part of that main event, but I wasn't by any means the main event. If I didn't even show oh, up sure. that day, trust me, this the show would have went on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I I keep it in perspective. But yeah, it was it was great. Um, Sid is one of my closest friends. Hogan is a tremendous, tremendous great guy that I have nothing but uh, respect and praise for. So, uh, yeah, I, I was – I mean, it was a wonderful uh, experience, and I was, uh, you know, honored and, and uh, humbled to be in that situation. But, again, you know, I was just – I was thrust into that, but I certainly had nothing to do with uh, the success of it or the, you know, the whatnot. And I'm not uh, deluded enough to believe any different, you know. No, no, I understand that. Been, just to be a part of it, though, I mean, I, I, the opposite side of the ring of the biggest star ever in wrestling. It, it was a really cool experience. Uh, talk about some of the other uh, people you worked with in WWF at the time. I know Big Bully Busick was was one of them. What, what was your what was your uh, your relationship with him, and, and how did you like working with him? Well, I'll tell you, and, and God bless him. He's he's no longer with us, as you probably sure you know. Um, uh, 
you know, it's I'm going to be, try to be very diplomatic about this. We weren't like close friends or nothing. We got along okay. We weren't, you know, there was no dissension between us or nothing. Um, he just didn't seem to click. It didn't just click, you know, as far as not me and him, but I'm just talking about his style, his uh, way of uh, working or whatever. Just it, it wasn't a right fit uh, for the WWE, and, and you know, obviously because he didn't last very long there. So, uh, but I mean, not a bad guy, and I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, I just have to be honest, you know, it just didn't uh, it didn't work out. And I'm, you know, I hope he had a good life after that. And I'm sorry that he left us, and I'm certainly I'm not uh, disparaging him in any way. But you know, I just have to be honest, you know. Well, Bruno, sure. let me ask you this: as we're talking about how you started so young ring crew you've come up you've done refereeing you've done managing like tommy you were just talking about you've been an in-ring performer now you're behind the scenes i'm guessing you kind of like it all but is there one role that you felt that you liked better than any others was there one that you felt was really a great fit for you no to be honest with you no uh i've always been one to take what i'm given and do what i'm told and do the best i can with it um uh I don't have the physical attributes anymore because of my age and years and whatnot to go out and be the aggressive little downtown Bruno Hill manager that I was running around the range, jumping over the top row, whatever. Um, I, I would probably say, looking back, back in the uh, early to mid-80s when I was in my prime as a manager, yeah, that was probably, you know, to just to come up with an answer, that would probably be my favorite thing back when I was drawing money and I was, you know, being used real good. And I realized, you know, like you said a while ago, one of y'all did, you can't turn back the hands of time. Uh, so, you know, but I, I enjoy everything, you know, I mean, and I like everybody I work with. Yeah, there's always going to be a prick here and there in our business and any other business, mm-hmm. not just uh, sports entertainment slash wrestling. There's always going to be a prick somewhere. So, you know, but the vast majority of the people are not. They're good people. So, I enjoy pretty much every aspect, and when you have to deal with a certain bad apple here and there, which I'm not even going to mention no names because I'm, you know, this is a nice, positive, upbeat podcast, and I try to be a nice, positive, upbeat person. So, uh, but basically, yeah, I think I just went around the block to, you know, go next door. But I'm just, you know, that's pretty much it. I have to say, you you come across as such a nice humble individual that it is no surprise to me that you've lasted in the industry for, like you said, over 40 years now. Um, I think people forget that just being a nice, genuine person can get you a long way in life. And, you, and your career seems to be a testimony to that. So hats off to you for that, because you come across like just this amazing uh, down-to-earth guy, which somebody who's had your level of success in the business could easily let it go to your head or, or easily um, have, have a big kind of ego. But that doesn't seem like, like you at all. Have you always been kind of that down-to-earth, take what's given to you, do the very best you can? And, and if that's always been the case, I would love to know, does that come from your parents, or where does that mindset come from for you? Well, I don't know if it comes from my parents necessarily. God rest both of their souls. They were wonderful uh, people. But, no, I think it's just, just the way, you know, everybody's got their own way. And my way is, well, first of all, I know – yeah, I was a good manager, and I, I, I did mm-hmm. a pretty good job, and I was a decent referee, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not going to put myself down, but I wasn't the greatest. And, and I also know no matter how good you are or how good you ain't, uh, it's up to the person with the, with the 
the pencil and the book that, that puts you in that position, okay? Yeah, you have to earn the position. You have to deserve the position. But still, the same guy that's got that pencil uh, that can write your name down on the thing, if he turns that pencil over on the other end of it, there's an eraser. So it's not up to me to an extent. It's up to the person that is in charge. And, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, delusional enough to to think that any organization, whether it's WWE or when I was in Memphis or, or as far as, you know, the 80s WrestleCon coming up uh, in, uh, I believe it's May 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not stupid enough to say, that, oh, if I, if I called up Tommy and said, well, I ain't coming unless you give me X amount of dollars or whatever, it's not going to close that WrestleCon down. It'll, you know, it'll be fine without me. And I, that goes with any aspect of the business, you know. Uh, so I just, I'm just glad that anywhere I'm at and where I'm being, you know, compensated for my presence, for whatever I'm there for, I consider that an honor that somebody's uh, wanting to have me there. So, no, I, I just feel like it's my duty to – show up and do the best I possibly can. And if I have an issue or problem with some something or someone, <laughs> just discuss it. Don't raise hell. Don't, you know, act like a prima donna. Just say, look, you know, uh, I don't want to sit near this person for whatever reason. Or, or you said I'll be here from 1 to 4, but now you're telling me to stay till 7. Well, let's discuss this. I don't want we arrange. Whatever. You know, I'm just hmm. – I'm just a businessman, and I just try to be a nice person, and not just in the business, and in life. There's too many people that uh, just don't want to get along, and I think that's terrible because, you know, I think the other part of it, the reason is I'm a, I'm a very, uh, very strong uh, believer in in, uh, in God and Lord Jesus, and, and I, I know how the Lord wants us all to act and behave and, and treat one another. So I think it, that's, I think that may be the bottom line. Absolutely, and, I, and my and my father-in-law is actually a deacon, so I'm I'm with you there on that, Bruno. Hey, re- real quickly, we were talking before I, I mentioned uh, Big Bully Busick to you. Uh, one guy I think you did connect good with, and I'm curious of maybe one of your favorite memories of working with him was Kamala. Uh, you had Kamala for a little bit in the in the WWF. How, how was it like working with with him? Yeah, we we always uh, had a good uh, relationship at, as manager you know, slash wrestler, whatever. It was me and him and Brooklyn Brawler, who was uh, Kim Chi, you know, with the, uh, you know, safari outfit on and everything. And we was in uh main event and all the house shows for, I don't know how long, nine months maybe or something like that with Ultimate Warrior every night. So, uh, yeah, you know, we traveled together. And, uh, again, he's no longer with us. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, we had a good deal. You know, he was, he was very good in the ring. You know, he's, that that uh, Kamala uh, persona began in Memphis. I don't know if you know that. Jerry King Lawler is the one that uh, yeah. came up with that uh, whole Kamala thing. So that it started right there in Memphis. Uh, Kamala was from Tate County, Mississippi, which is the county south of me. I'm, I'm DeSoto County, Mississippi, which is the county just south of Memphis, Tennessee. So we were from the same vicinity, too, so that helped. Absolutely. It, 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 we were talking about WrestleMania 8 before it also. I, I can't help but think about WrestleMania 10, and, and probably I, without even knowing it, I probably would think it was probably one of your favorite memories, uh, working with uh, Howard Finkel at the 10th anniversary at Madison Square Garden. That must have been a, a pretty cool experience for you. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, now Howard is one guy that uh, is truly missed, not by just me, but by everyone mm-hmm. that knew him. 
Um, and it was just, it was a lot of uh, fun having my little uh, animosity with Howard or what have you. He was just a super guy. And I just, I can't say enough good about about Howard. Just a super, super guy. We stayed in touch all the way, all, up until he uh, left us all too soon. We always uh, communicated. Uh, unfortunately, towards the end, he was getting to the point where he wasn't able to really even hardly communicate very much, which is very sad. Uh, but, yeah, super, super guy. And I guarantee it, if things would have been different, he remained healthy and, and uh, you know, here with us, he'd probably be one of your featured people at the 80s Wrestling Con. Absolutely. No I actually had him. He was he was actually at a, a past convention years ago that I had him at. But uh, he, loved, he loved that kind of stuff, like the conventions and meeting the fans. Okay. Like, he, he he's right up there. You as being like wrestling is his, it was his entire life. He was he was awesome. Right. I can only imagine that WrestleMania ten. That must have been a special moment because you guys are probably pretty close behind the scenes at that point too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, when I first went to work for uh, WWF, E or F at the time, uh, Howard was the one that called me to uh, let me know they were bringing me up to to uh, talk to me. You know and, and you know, have a tryout, or I don't know what you it's called, tryout, or whatever it was. When they brought me up to just get to know me, uh, I was the one who called me. So he was my initial uh, uh, contact with the organization. So Bruno, when you get that call and you go to the World Wrestling Federation, behind the scenes, like what kind of conversations take place to decide which wrestler they're going to pair you with as their manager. Are you involved in those decision-makings, or do they have that decision-making no, and they just kind of all. give you the creative? Basically, yeah. What The second thing you said, yeah. No, I had nothing excuse me, to do with any of that. And uh, Especially when I first started in the company, I was just, whatever they wanted to give me was, uh, you know, acceptable to me. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was, it's okay, we're going to send you the ring with this guy. Okay, that's fine. You know, that was it. I had no input whatsoever, but didn't want any. I was just grateful to have the opportunity. Do most performers, because not everybody gets a manager, and I know there's various reasons why you might stick somebody with a manager. Maybe they, maybe they need someone who's good on the microphone for them. Maybe they need someone who can help get them over with the crowd. Has there ever been a wrestler that, that you were tasked with being a manager that really didn't want somebody else coming down to the ring with them, or, or are they pretty accepting of it? Everybody, as far as I know, everybody was pretty accepting of it. Um, I never had anybody, at least outwardly, act like they didn't want to have me there or anybody there. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's uh, usually the case, not just with me, but with anybody. Because, let's face it, if they give you a manager, they're, they're putting more attention on you, you know, because obviously they have plans for you. So, uh, no, I don't think that that's ever been an issue. I mean, I'm, it may have been with somebody somewhere down the line. I don't know, but. In my personal uh, involvement, I, I don't recall that ever happening. That's it's a very good point that you bring up. That if they're giving you a manager, they're obviously giving you some sort of push. They're bringing more attention to you. That's a that's a fantastic point. Um, when you first Thanks. came in with the giant Gonzalez, as a kid reading the WF magazine, one of the things that stands out to me still in this in my memory are these promotional photos of you standing next to him and you look about half the height of him. And I know a lot of people say he was eight feet tall. Is that, is that a real height or did they adjust that number? Was he really as big as they said he was? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I couldn't sit here and tell you exactly for a fact he was eight feet tall, but he was 
very close to it if he wasn't. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining with his boots on and whatnot, he probably was eight feet tall. I mean, if not, very close to it. And those pictures are not gimmick in any way. He's not standing on a box or I'm not standing in a hole or, you know, nothing like that. It's We were both standing next to each other. So those those pictures are not doctored or, or uh, set up in any kind of gimmicky way. And what you see there is reality. I, I am so glad you said that because I'll be honest. I questioned whether or not they were doctored in any way because he just looks – I know he's the, the giant Gonzalez, but he looks ginormous in those photos. And so I, I wondered if there was any camera trickery, but no, that's, that's really how – that's his stature. That's really how it looked. Yes, honestly, 100%, yes. What yes. We hear stories about how travel was so tough on Andre because of his size. You traveling with the giant Gonzalez, he must have had those difficulties. I know you mentioned you had to get cars that fit him, but just day-to-day life had to be very interesting to be around somebody that much larger than a normal human being. Yeah, but you know what? He was very good-natured about it, though. He wasn't, uh, uh, you know, he He's, I wish I was 10 feet tall. You know, he, he, he just, he knew he wasn't going to live a long, long life. I mean, he knew that, you know, those type of people, uh, unfortunately, you know, have a limited uh, time with us, but uh, he was good natured about it. It wasn't, you know, uh, a problem. And he didn't mind it when we we're in restaurants, people would look at him and want to meet him and whatnot. He was, he was always very friendly. As long as everybody was, you know, respectful to him. He was, I'd never seen him, really bad or grouchy or nothing. He was a good guy. It's funny you mentioned about Giants, though. There was a guy who came in briefly, uh, if you remember. I didn't manage him or nothing, but his name was Giant Silva. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was uh, he came in, and he, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, okay? But nice guy. <laughs> but uh, Howard Finkel, who you just uh, mentioned a while ago, uh, he asked uh, me and uh, Brooklyn Brawler, who I traveled with, if we would give him a ride that week because uh, – we got it. I don't remember who Silva usually traveled with, but for whatever reason, that person wasn't there. So we said, yeah, uh, you can go with us. So we were, we were uh, getting ready to go into a restaurant. Now, Silva was like 7'5 or something. Had a, you know, he wasn't as big as Gonzalez or whatever. He was a big, huge giant, as you remember. And he was, like I said, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. But, uh, he told me in, in Lombardi, he says, look, when we go in restaurants, I don't want people to bother me, so please don't tell people I'm a giant. That's funny. A little bit, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, Bruno, real quick, last thing I want to ask you before we let you go. Now, as you know, I'm a, a promoter up here in New Jersey, so, like, throughout the years, like, you see guys that used to work for you, or you give advice to them, they go on to NXT or the main roster or, or, or just success in general in the wrestling business. And you say to yourself, oh, wow, that's cool, man. That's really cool that, you know, I helped, you know, lend a, a small part in their, you know, their their success. And then that's a totally different animal than seeing, without question, probably one of the biggest stars in the world, not just wrestling, the world. And this all right. stems from him becoming a star in the WWE. So my, my question for you is how cool is it for you when you're sitting at home in your pajamas watching TV and you see a commercial for one of the rocks movies, or you see him in a movie or just see him on the, you know, the front cover of magazines all around the world, like knowing that you played an instrumental role 
in his upbringing has to be a, a really damn cool uh, feeling. Oh, it, it, honestly, yeah, honestly, it really is because he's such a great guy. He's a guy that's been there for me since second thin, and we go back since he was like 13 years old or whatever, you know, and, and it's just I, I couldn't be more proud of him, and I'm proud of myself for, for being able to uh, have helped him in his uh, formative days. You know, when he was wrestling in Memphis, uh, I refereed almost every one of his matches. I would talk to him in the ring and, and you know, help him out and, and explain, no, don't do that, do this, whatever, and he'll tell you that, you know, and, and I just – you know, and the thing is, yeah, he was very talented and good-looking, very athletic, whatever. Um, but obviously, I didn't have a crystal ball or anything. I had no idea he was going to, you know, explode into the, like you said, the biggest star in the world, you know, in wrestling and in uh, Hollywood and every, in every other aspect of life. Um, I just did it because of friendship and because he was my dear friend. And, I mean, I knew he'd be successful. I had no idea he'd become this successful. And, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but, I mean, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I could tell right away he was going to become this. That, that. You, know, <laughs> you know, we know better than that. Nobody knows that. But I was just happy I was able to help him out because I love him like a family, you know. And we are family. Absolutely. His mother's family to me, and Rocky Johnson, his dad, was like our dad, second dad to me. We're very, very close. So I couldn't be more proud of his success, and I, nobody that I know of deserves it more than him. Absolutely. Real quickly, Jay, before I know we have one, one last caller for uh, for Bruno before we let him go. Real quickly, I wanted to say back in, it was 19, I think it was 98, uh, off of the wall, Samoan had a, a show in, in Allentown. Now, back then, you know, you were allowed to do third-party bookings for, you know, independent shows. So it was like their big show of the year, and The Rock was on it. And at the time, he was just, I think they might have, he was in the nation, and it might have just gave him, the Intercontinental title. So it was just when he was starting to get a little hot. So after the show, we all went out. I forgot where it was. It might have been like Applebee's or uh, something like that. Uh, but I was with them and just seeing how, and, and this is in 1998, before he's even a megastar yet, uh, just seeing like you literally would see every head turn in the restaurant like, holy shit, that's, that's you know, and this is in the 90s. So have you ever had, and, and, and the answer is probably yes, um, in the last 15 years, have you ever gone somewhere public him and just see like this, everyone going absolutely apeshit that he's in their presence? Well, no, to, to be honest with you, we, we hadn't ever really went out together or nothing like that. So I couldn't give you a truthful answer. I'm sure if we did, they would. Yeah. But uh, we never went anywhere together like that, you know, since he became what he became, you know, when we used to, hang out together years before that as before he became what he is and whatnot. So, and he'll tell you this, and it says back in, when he was in Memphis, we'd go places that people were gathered around wanting to meet me, <laughs> you know, and he'll tell you that. That's not me bragging. Cause I was on the Memphis yeah. TV for, at the yeah. time, what, 20 odd years. And he was just a new guy. A lot of guys came and went, but I was always there. So, and again, that's not me bragging how great I am. I'm just it's me bragging how strong the Memphis TV was. So yeah, when me and him would, like I said, Dwayne will tell you this himself. When me and him would go out back in those days to eat or whatever, people would, they were trying to meet me. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of funny. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic, Bruno. We don't want to keep it much longer, but we do have a caller waiting to talk to you. His name is Toto with Tom. Tom, good morning. You are live with Downtown Bruno. 
John, with Tom, I'm calling I, from location in Totowa, New Jersey. I'm trying to find a, a new spot for Totowa Day for ISPW, so I apologize. I have not listened to the first half of this show. So, Mr. Bruno, I have a question. It may have already been asked. I am a big fan of the TV show Young Rock. My wife and I watch it every week. It's must-see TV. Right. As Thank you. all the interaction with you and uh, Dwayne Johnson been accurate in your eyes and have you been consulted at all for the uh, you know the uh, history on it yeah i'll go back and talk about that um yeah so when you said you missed the first part of this broadcast which i understand um but i was explaining I'm on to the guys sorry no it's okay i was explaining to the guys earlier that yeah i was uh was and still am what they call an executive consultant for the show so i i, I was uh instrumental in the, the the development of not only the uh character, you know, the actor Ryan Pinkston who plays me, but also with a lot of the stories that uh, from Hawaii and from Memphis when me and Dwayne were, were together. So, yeah, I had a lot of uh, input on that, quite a bit. And as far as being accurate, fairly accurate um, in many, many ways. Yes, they added some entertainment aspects to it. They might have added some things just for comedy purposes or whatever, you know, like the me cooking eggs as I sat on the toilet. I never did that, but it's funny. You know, oh. It didn't bother me one little bit. Um, oh, I was but, hoping uh, that was true. I... No, that part ain't true, but it's, hey, go ahead and believe it's true because I don't care. It's funny. I, I have no <laughs> problem with it. But, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was consulted quite a bit and I, and I, as an official consultant capacity. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's, it's quite accurate. Now, the thing where I really am the one who bought Dwayne's first car, but they decided to change that up and had had uh, didn't have downtown Bruno involved in that. They just made a made up character that helped him get his first car, which is fine because at that time, even though he was in in Tennessee with me for the show's uh, storyline purposes, at that time they had him up in I think it was Scranton, Pennsylvania, or, or wherever. Um, obviously, I wasn't there, so they had to change that up, which you know. The, the the situation was true about the first car that was raggedy and there was a right. junkie in the car or whatever. That's true. But um, right. as far as it happened in downtown Nashville, it didn't happen in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. Or, well, I forget where it was supposed to be, but anyway. But I, that's okay. That hey. was fine. I have one last question, and I want Jumping sure. Jim to put me on hold because I do have a bone to pick with Tommy Fierro. So here's my question, and then Jumping Jim, put me on hold so that you can say goodbye to downtown Bruno. My question is, since you're so close to The Rock, what are your feelings about him showing up in some capacity at WrestleMania? I mean, after all, it does say WrestleMania going to Hollywood. They can't miss out on this opportunity. Yeah, um, I, hey, it would be great for the WWE. It would be great for the fans. It would be great. Um, my feelings are if he has the time and and uh, his schedule permits, it would be great. Uh but as far as if it's going to happen, I have no idea. And uh, I haven't discussed that with him or anybody else, so I don't know. So um, as we always uh, say in the world of WWE, stay tuned. Well, there you go. There you go. Total Tom, thank you for calling. Bruno, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But one thing I do want to say to you real quickly, uh, breaking news, we're going to have an egg cooking contest at 80s Wrestling Con Heart uh, Downtown Bruno's going to be the special guest yeah. judge of the egg-eating. Egg <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Um, right, listen, okay, it'll so- be in the men's room to the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Hey, guys, hey, listen, thank you so uh, much for having me. Please feel free to stay in touch, and uh, and let's do this again closer to the uh, event so we can we can uh, promote it some uh, further. I would I would love that. Uh, downtown Bruno, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us in 80s Wrestling the Podcast and anyone that's coming to 80s Wrestling Con on Saturday, May the 6th at the Menden Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. We'll have an opportunity to meet Bruno live and in person. Bruno, hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for taking time for us today. Thank you, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Jump and Jay, another great interview here on 80s Wrestling the podcast, super cool, down to, out, uh, down to earth, humble guy, like you said, uh, in the beginning of the show. Like I said, he was at the Wrestling Collector a couple months back. Uh, he, he he was talking to me like he he known me for uh, 30 years, and, and I just, you know, just met him. Obviously, he's familiar uh, with me from up this way doing wrestling events, but he couldn't have been nicer, and I'm excited to find out that he's going to be at these wrestling cards. I actually just, I actually just found out right before – we went on the air that he's going to be here. Uh, my buddy Joe, who uh, does Puppet Master Promotions, is going to be bringing him in along with the Brooklyn Brawler and um, Jerry Briscoe. How are you doing, Jumpin' Jack? Fantastic, man. We came off of a huge episode last week with three special guests, and then you delivered Downtown Bruno uh, this morning. What a great uh, couple episodes we've strung together here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And, yeah, Downtown Bruno, I, not, I shouldn't be shocked or surprised when anyone is that genuine of a human being, but when you think you've been involved in the, the world of professional wrestling for over 40 years, you've got to do some things that fans like me only dream about doing, and then you come on a show like this, and you're so gracious with your time, you're so generous and giving, and you just come across as like such a humble guy. Other people in his position who are featured on Young Rock, featured as an individual that helped Dwayne Johnson achieve the Megum stardom, I mean, that could go to your head, and you could walk around like you're some kind of big shot. So I love it anytime you get someone that has a reason to have an ego. When you talk to them, they have none at all, and they're just a genuine human being. And so uh, a thrill this kind morning kind to talk like- to him. Kind of like me, right, Jay? Kind of like you, you know, just down to earth, good guy, <laughs> level headed. I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, I, it, it's it's funny. Real quick, I want to say though that that's the one time I met. Well, actually, uh, I, I also was at WrestleMania 15. I saw him there too. But the, the only time I ever like officially met him was at that uh, show. And like I said, he was he was. He wasn't a megastar yet at all. He just, I think he just got the Intercontinental. Obviously, the, the WWE is getting hot. At, WWF at the time is getting hot at the time, starting to get hot in '98. So I mean, he's all on TV, so people know who he is. But like, I can't, and I, I can't imagine what it would be like being in a public place with him. He probably can't go. Uh, what I want to say to Bruno, we were talking before, like guys like him. And Hulk Hogan, I mean, they're so recognizable. Like, Steve Austin can probably get away with putting on, you know, a, 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 base, a, a baseball – he could try and camouflage himself a little bit better. Um, but, like, The Rock and Hogan, like, these guys, like, they're, they're considered celebrities, not just, you know, big wrestling stars. So um, I was curious to see if, if Bruno had gone anywhere out with them and just, like, just seeing, like – 
and you, you see like thousands of people just going crazy. The guy's a, a mega celebrity, you know. So I was curious about that, but um, yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm excited that he's going to be a part of 80s Wrestling Con. As you know, we're doing the uh, the Family Feud game. He would be someone that would be good to be one of the captains of one of the teams. So I want to see maybe if uh, we can uh, make that work or happen. He would be dynamite in a family feud game show type situation. Are you kidding me? That's a great idea, Tommy. Yes, sir. Maybe against you, huh? The oh loser has to the loser has to cook eggs in the to- in the, in the stall. <laughs> you know, I did, that was a very funny part of that episode. His toilet, for whatever reason, in his apartment is right next to the stove, and so yeah, he's he's taking care of business and cooking breakfast at the same time. Not usually how you want your eggs cooked, but uh, he, he, he debunked it here. Didn't really happen that way, but he, he too thought it made for hilarious uh, television. Tom, we got a couple callers waiting on hold. Uh, we're going to take a, a call here. It's an unknown number in our Rolodex of callers. It looks like maybe a Texas area code, if I know my area codes. Caller, you are live on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, can you hear me? We can hear yes, you. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. I am so excited to be on the channel. So my name is Adam. I'm here with my boyfriend, Jacob. And so we both love wrestling, but he was the one that really wanted to give his testimony. Sure. Hey, guys. I'm Jacob. Um, so I've been a wrestling fan pretty much all my life since I was a little boy. Um, for me, it personally all started with uh, Rey Mysterio's since the age gap. Like, that's basically when it started for all of me. But my dad really taught me the history of everything. And ever since, you know, I moved out of the house, became a man, my dream has really just become that Atrion Adonis spit in my mouth. Well, there's an interesting call for you, Tommy, to start the day. Yeah, what was the ending there? I didn't, I didn't hear the ending there. <laughs> Something about he really just wants Adrian Adonis to do uh, to spit in his mouth and do some stuff, and so that's why they make what, mute buttons. We're li- as, as Vince would say, we're live, pal. We're live, pal. <laughs> I knew I knew that call was going somewhere. But we uh, you cut you cut them off, right? Yeah, we have a we have a mute button here. So anytime I'm unsure of where a call is going. <laughs> Uh, we hit the mute button. The, the thrill of being live is you don't get to uh, screen calls ahead of time or know where people are going to take the conversation. I, I know where. That's what I keep saying, man. We need a we need a producer. My man, Dave Lagreca, <laughs> the number one professional wrestling radio show in the entire world. He has a producer, brother. If we want to, if we want to reach those heights in 2023. We're going to have to ask your father-in-law to come on board as our producer. I know that he, uh, he listens to the podcast, so let's, let's see if we can he offer him He's a, a long-time, long-time listener, loves the show. Yeah, we need someone Is to he? run the, call, the switchboard here so we can screen calls uh, and, and get information that's accurate over the airwaves. But, uh, yeah, you never know where the conversation is going to go, but I know where I want to take the conversation, Tommy. You mentioned that you yes, just sir. found out this morning, like late-breaking news, that downtown Bruno is going to be part of 80s Wrestling Con 4. I would love to know what other updates you have, 80s Con 4 related or even ISPW Wrestling Collect related. You always have moving parts in your world. I would love to know what is the latest happenings. 
Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, everything is uh, everything's moving forward with 80s Wrestling Con. Uh, we're about to do a uh, mass uh, press release probably in the next, let's say, week or two uh, for that. And then also another one for our upcoming ISPW events as well. Uh, we, we have a, a, a pretty full calendar for ISW, and I'm looking to add much, much more to that. Uh, this year, we're going to expand our um, our shows, Jay. So, as you know, Jay, as I told you guys in the past, Jay actually does the updates for all my websites. I owe him uh, tremendously. So, not only does he carry me here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast that we said, I just gave you those three bones that you carry me, uh, but he also carries my brands via the World Wide Web. So, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more events coming up in uh, 2023, and that includes doing different things that we don't typically do or haven't done, like, for example, street fairs or, you know, special town events. Last year we did Totowa Day. Totowa Tom was on before. He had a bone to pick with me. Hopefully uh, he was just in character because saying that on the air with a talent that doesn't know he's kidding around or goofing around comes off very badly, so... Um, yeah, but like events like that, where you're doing a you know local town event or a street fair or a carnival, a, a regular fair or in the mall, so like anywhere, a private private birthday parties, uh, so any anything that um, is entertainment wise related, I'm gonna try and sell all different uh, outlets in uh, 2023 in New Jersey. So yeah, man, this uh, looking to do as many events as possible. We have our next event coming up on Friday evening, February the 17th. That's going to be in Avenel, New Jersey. And the main event for that is Bull James defending the ISPW heavyweight title with his manager, Maven, against ECW and WWE legend Tommy Dreamer. And also on that show is Earl Hepner making a special guest appearance along with Crowbar, going one-on-one with Rick Recon for the first time ever. Uh, Danny Morrison, by the way, the superstar, will be in um, Tommy Dreamer's corner for that match. Our, uh, our, our following show after that is going to be on Saturday evening, March the 11th. That's going to be in Westwood Regional High School in um, – in, um, the name of that? It's, it's, not in, uh, it's not in Westbury. It's the town of – Washington, that's right. So I have been my time in the town of Washington. It's all in like one community area. Again, that's Westwood Regional High School on Saturday, uh, March the 11th. The main event for that one, again, is Tommy Dreamer uh, going one-on-one with Rick Recon with Dave LaGreca. And Danny Morrison will be the special guest referee for that match. Also, Crowbar goes one-on-one with Appa Jr., which should be a hard-hitting match. Again, it's the township of Washington at um, Westwood Regional High School. Again, it's on March the 11th, March 24th. We're going to be back at the ISPW Arena in Totowa, New Jersey, at the Totowa PAL. Uh, the main event there will be Bull James defending the ISW heavyweight title against Hill Collins from the now. His partner, Vic Delicious, will be in his corner to offset Maven in Bulls Corner, and also on that show, 
the winner, Andy Weinberg, Jay, he's going to return again. He's very upset that Dave LaGreca won the 2022 ISPW Manager of the Year Award. So he wants to rid ISPW of Rick Recon, who is LaGreca's guy. So he's hired the services of former WWE star Snitsky. So it'll be Snitsky against Rick Recon again March 24th at the ISPW Arena in Toto in New Jersey. April 14th, we will be back in West Milford, New Jersey at St. Joseph's Church Parish Hall, the main event of that one, Bull James, if he's still the champion at that time, with Maven in his corner defending the ISPW heavyweight title against Gangrel, former WWE superstar. So we got a lot cooking. And then May 6th, ISPW Rock and Wrestling following 80s Wrestling Con. And I'm looking to add a bunch more dates to that, Jay. Look at that. That's quite the road to rock and wrestling, too. Uh, yeah, so many amazing cards. Uh, hats off to you, man. I, I, with everything that goes on in your world, the fact that you're able to book that many events that far out, and then you're also in charge of the creative and everything else with them, man. I am blown away anytime I hear you run down the list of ISBW shows because that's a full-time job in itself, and yet you're doing so many other things. So hats off to you, Tommy. Thank you, sir. And then also the Wrestling Collector, we had our uh, Royal Rumble party last weekend with Tito Santana. It was really cool. Arriba. All the people had a really good time. Arriba. Tito was here, and um, he did a Q&A uh, before the pay-per-view started, and then he stayed and watched. The, luckily, the Royal Rumble match was on first. He obviously, he wasn't going to stay for the entire night. Um, but he, he the, that, was mat, the, that match was first, so he stayed and watched the Royal Rumble match with the fans, and uh, we were really happy to have him. And we are going to be having a couple more guests this weekend at the Wrestling Collector. This Saturday, we're having a double signing. The first one is going to take place uh, from 12 to 2 p.m. with Impact Stars Rosemary and Jessica Havoc. Again, that's this Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m., and then uh, there's going to be an hour break. The, in, the, in between, you can go across the street. There's a, a restaurant and bar where you can have lunch or a drink and then come back uh, 3 to 5 p.m. and meet the masterpiece, Chris Masters, this Saturday at the Wrestling Collector. So it'll be a busy time at the Wrestling Collector. And just I didn't even announce this yet. I, I will do another exclusive announcement here on 80s Wrestling the Podcast. I just booked our WrestleMania party. Uh, night one at the Wrestling Collector. It's going to be Mania with Maven. So you can watch Ooh. WrestleMania with former WWE Tough Enough champion Maven. And Maven and Friends, he said he's not coming alone. So uh, that'll be on April the 1st at the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. And also uh, taking place April 1st at the Wrestling Collector. If Bull James is still the heavyweight champion, we are going to do the contract signing, our WrestleMania party, for the ISPW heavyweight title match that's taking place at ISPW Rock and Wrestling. And the contract will be signed between Rick Recon and Bull James or whoever is the ISW heavyweight champion at that time. So that will also take place at our WrestleMania party. So ISW fans that are local in the area, uh, definitely come out and check that out. <laughs> 
That is a huge announcement, Tommy. I want to rewind back to the Rumble just for a second. What did Tito Santana think of this year's Royal Rumble? He was a fan. He was a fan, I take it. That's my only answer. You had to have been here to find out. So don't, if you want to see how Maven's going to react to the WrestleMania, you got to be here. So you want to fly in? We'd love to have you. How do you know I'm not one of the end friends? I might be Maven's plus one. That would be awesome. Actually, he wasn't that familiar with, uh, he wasn't that familiar with a lot of the talent. Um, well, Tito, no, you know, he probably doesn't the, watch. Like, he probably doesn't watch current product. No, but he he uh, obviously knew who Rey Mysterio was and Seth Rollins, like the big guys. He would yeah. know, but like, I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard for us to, to some of these guys are yeah. wherever they are. So, but uh, did, you know, did he do the uh, he, did he do the old man thing where when they watch younger people do something, he just kind of shakes his head and says, "That's that's not how I would have done it." Nah, he's he's no. super he's super cool, super humble. He 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 enjoyed it, and then uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. He was he was probably disappointed in the lack of flying elbows or forearms, or rather, he was probably thinking they should whip one of those out. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. But yeah, man, I got a lot of stuff cooking. You, you just said the road to '80s wrestling, kind. I guess that's what we can call it coming up. So yeah, we got a lot of events coming up, and like I said. Uh, looking to do a lot more. So if you live in the New Jersey area and if you're interested in doing a fundraiser to raise money for your school, your church, the fire department, any youth sports that you might be, uh, your kids or someone you know might be a part of, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, cheerleading, we, we can come to your town and raise money for your group. And uh, you can reach out to us and talk to me more about it. And, uh, yeah, man. That's it. Just uh, plugging along, plugging, plugging, plugging along. Yeah, I think the official count is maybe 93 days to 80s Wrestling Con 4. And so we'll be inside the 90-day mark the next time we meet here on another live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. So time's ticking, Tommy. The road to 80s Wrestling Con 4, we're on the way. Does your, does your a more important question, do you, does your wife know about 80s Wrestling Con 4 yet? Or... Are you, are, you, are you playing the hey? Let's go up and see the city again uh, card with her. Listen, man, I've been I've been subscribing to the the Poconos newsletters. I've been leaving uh, travel guides <laughs> around the house. Um, I got myself a pair of Bermuda shorts, and so yeah. I mean, I'm dropping hints on the Poconos, and so one of these days, <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna pop the question. That's awesome. That that is that's awesome. Did, did you did you figure out when you guys are coming up? Yeah, are you coming up that Thursday again? Uh, we will probably come up a little bit ahead of time, like we did last time. Uh, plans are not cemented. We have not got the flights or anything yet. But my wife is a hundred percent on board. She knows about the trip. She'll be the one nice. booking the stuff. She likes to. She's kind of like the downtown Bruno of our relationship. She doesn't like to just play it by ear and show up and hope <laughs> there's a bed waiting. Uh, I would be the giant Gonzalez of the situation. I just want to fit wherever she puts us. Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you what, listen, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of uh, people up here that are looking forward to seeing you as well. You don't even know a lot of people want to see you and give you snacks and food and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So if you, if you are up here, uh, I, I obviously won't be in the shop the day before 80s wrestling con, but that Thursday I'll be in the shop. So hopefully you get up here and, and anyone else that lives up this way, whether it be, you know, Toto with Tom or, or, um, Danny from Butler, 
uh, there's some local listeners up this way. Maybe they can come and we can have a little lunch in the shop that Thursday all together. Oh, that would be incredible, man. That'd be awesome. My my son's yeah, birthday I'll, I'll, is I'll in. I'll work on making that happen. My son's birthday is in April. He'll be turning uh, nine, and he already told me he'll be turning ten. Maybe no nine. Listen to me, man. I'm an old man. I can't even remember ages. Anyway, his birthday is in April. Listen, he's he's in fourth grade. I think he's eight. He's gonna be turning nine. Anyway, the point of the story isn't the Listen, age. If I asked you, if the I age. asked you how, if I asked the, you how old Kepatera was, you'd be able to answer me, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, maybe when my hang on. Anyway. But his birthday's in April, and he already told me. He said, "Dad, any birthday money I get, I'm saving it for Tommy's store." That's what he told me. You know, you know, the only way I can answer that. Arriba, arriba. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, listen. Uh, the, the the door's about to get uh, knocked down here at the Wrestling Collector Pro Wrestling Superstore headquarters. There's a line about a quarter mile along going down Route 23. In Stockholm, New Jersey, right now. So, you got to open the door and hopefully make some sales. Drop in, Jay. I hope you and your family have a great weekend. Let's do another guest next week. I'm not sure yet who, but we'll get another one because I know that you dig having guests on, don't you? Oh, man. It's, are you kidding? Every, every week I know we have a guest coming up. Uh, it's like a kid before Christmas. I just get so excited. I mean, I think we just talked to Harvey Whippleman. Just a few moments ago, he was on the other end of this phone call, and so that's always a thrill when you get to talk to someone that you could only see on your TV screen as a young man, and now here he is, and he's the nicest guy on earth. And so, yeah, anytime we get a guest, I always look forward to those days. Awesome. We'll make it happen again next week as well. But until then, hope you and your family have a great weekend, everyone listening all around. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And we'll catch you here right here next Thursday on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 